Hello and welcome to Look to Love, a podcast from me, J.L. Gerhardt, to help you read the Bible a better way, to see, know, and fall in love with God. Every week we read a passage of scripture, usually a chapter or so, we're working our way from Genesis to Revelation, and we ask the question, who is God? We focus our attention on him in hopes of seeing him more clearly and ultimately loving him more dearly. Yeah, that rhymed. Which is appropriate for this episode because it's a poem. Okay, back to the intro. That is, after all, the point of everything. What is the point of everything? It's that we would love God with all of our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our strength. And if that's the point of your life, you better believe it's the point of your Bible. So let's do this. Let's open our Bibles and we're going to together look to love. This week on Look to Love, we are in the book of Lamentations. Lamentations is generally classified among the prophets. It's written by the prophet Jeremiah. Uh, It's his second book. Uh, We call Jeremiah the weeping prophet, like we said in the last episode. Um, And this is a weeping poem. It's super sad. But like I said, it is a poem. And so interestingly, I think you could make a case for Lamentations actually belonging with the books of poetry. This week, uh, we're going to do a pretty long reading. We're going to read the whole of chapter two, and it's not short. Um, The reason I want to go ahead and read this entire thing is because it's so weird. Uh, I say weird in the, you know, the, the truest sense of that word, in that it's just very different from everything around it. Um, this book is nothing like Isaiah. It's nothing like Jeremiah. It's nothing like John. It's nothing like Genesis. It is its own thing. Uh, it finds some similarity to some of the Psalms. Um, and I think I think it could find its home inside of that place. Uh, but but it's very different. And the ways that Jeremiah is going to be talking about God, of course, uh, our the whole point of what we're doing here is to be asking the question, who is God so that we can fall in love with God. Um, as Jeremiah describes God here, I think you're going to see some something that might surprise you, shock you, Uh, Be asking that question as we go along. How is Jeremiah describing God? Who is God to Jeremiah? Uh, And and as you uh, sort of reap those answers from the harvest of this poem, um, hold them hold them in open hands, and we're going to get to them, and we're going to uh, discuss them. We're not going to make you just hold them without any reflection because they're they're hard to hold. Okay, so we're going to read all of Lamentations chapter 2. Bear with me, and I think you're going to, if not enjoy it, that you're going to see in the end why we needed to read it all. How the Lord has overshadowed daughter Zion with his anger. He has thrown down Israel's glory from heaven to earth. He did not acknowledge his footstool in the day of his anger. Without compassion, the Lord has swallowed up all the dwellings of Jacob. In his wrath, he has demolished the fortified cities of daughter Judah. He brought them to the ground and defiled the kingdom and its leaders. He has cut off every horn of Israel in his burning anger and withdrawn his right hand in the presence of the enemy. He has blazed against Jacob like a flaming fire that consumes everything. He has strung his bow like an enemy. His right hand is positioned like an adversary. 
He has killed everyone who was the delight to the eye, pouring out his wrath like fire on the tent of daughter Zion. The Lord is like an enemy. He has swallowed up Israel. He swallowed up all its palaces and destroyed its fortified cities. He has multiplied mourning and lamentation within daughter Judah. He has wrecked his temple as if it were merely a shack in a field, destroying his place of meeting. The Lord has abolished appointed festivals and Sabbaths in Zion. He has despised king and priest in his fierce anger. The Lord has rejected his altar, repudiated his sanctuary. He has handed the walls of her palaces over to the enemy. They have raised a shout in the house of the Lord, as on the day of an appointed festival. The Lord determined to destroy the wall of daughter Zion. He stretched out a measuring line and did not restrain himself from destroying. He made the ramparts and walls grieve. Together they waste away. Zion's gates have fallen to the ground. He has destroyed and shattered the bars on her gates. Her king and her leaders live among the nations. Instruction is no more, and even her prophets receive no vision from the Lord. The elders of daughter Zion sit on the ground in silence. They have thrown dust on their heads and put on sackcloth. The young women of Jerusalem have bowed their heads to the ground. My eyes are worn out from weeping. I am churning within. My heart is poured out in grief because of the destruction of my dear people, because infants and nursing babies faint in the streets of the city. They cry out to their mothers, where is the grain and wine, as they faint like the wounded in the streets of the city, as their life pours out in the arms of their mothers. What can I say on your behalf? What can I compare you to, daughter Jerusalem? What can I liken you to so that I may console you, virgin daughter Zion? For your ruin is as vast as the sea. Who can heal you? Your prophets saw visions for you that were empty and deceptive. They did not reveal your iniquity and so restore your fortunes. They saw pronouncements for you that were empty and misleading. All who pass by scornfully clap their hands at you. They hiss and shake their heads at daughter Jerusalem. Is this the city that was called the perfection of beauty, the joy of the whole earth? All your enemies open their mouths against you. They hiss and gnash their teeth, saying, We have swallowed her up. This is the day we have waited for. We have lived to see it. The Lord has done what he planned. He has accomplished his decree, which he ordained in days of old. He has demolished without compassion, letting the enemy gloat over you and exalting the horn of your adversaries. The hearts of the people cry out to the Lord, wall of daughter Zion. Let your tears run down like a river, day and night. Give yourself no relief and your eyes no rest. Arise, cry out in the night, from the first watch of the night. Pour out your heart like water before the Lord's presence. Lift up your hands to him for the lives of your children who are fainting from hunger at the head of every street. Lord, look 
and consider to whom you have done this. Should women eat their own children, the infants they have nurtured? Should priests and prophets be killed in the Lord's sanctuary, both young and older lying on the ground in the streets? My young women and young men have fallen by the sword. You have killed them in the day of your anger, slaughtering without compassion." You summon those who terrorize me on every side, as if for an appointed festival day. On the day of the Lord's anger, no one escaped or survived. My enemy has destroyed those I nurtured and reared. Who is God? James writes, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. I've seen that. I've stood below looking up at a perfect gift like rain, looking up at my father of lights. But in Lamentations, there are no perfect gifts coming down from the father. In Lamentations, we look up at something else showering down. He has poured out his wrath like fire on the tent of daughter Zion. This seems like a different kind of father, a different kind of light. Is this a variation, a shifting shadow? It seems that way. The God Jeremiah describes here in Lamentations 2 doesn't look anything like the God of Psalm 103, who remembers that we are dust, or the God of Genesis 1, who believes that what he's made is very good. Who is God? This God is angry. How the Lord has covered daughter Zion with the cloud of his anger. This God is cold. Without pity, the Lord has swallowed up all the dwellings of Jacob. This God is like an enemy. Like an enemy, he has strung his bow. The Lord is like an enemy. He has swallowed up Israel. This God destroys. He has laid waste his dwelling. Lamentations chapter 2, we said it's a poem. It is an acrostic poem, meaning each line begins with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So Aleph, Bet, Gemel. A, B, C. I didn't know this um, until I saw a note at the bottom of my Bible page. And it has me thinking, I wonder why Jeremiah would go to all this work. He's devastated, right? He's overcome and overwhelmed by misery. Why would he spend so much energy making a poem that requires so much effort? I think maybe what he's doing with this alphabet thing is that he's trying to order the chaos. Or maybe he's saying something about the chaos itself, about the completeness of the mess. God's wrath has destroyed everything. Aleph to Tav, A to Z. Could this be the same God we know and love? And if he is one and the same, do we really know him? Do we really love him? Who is God? Sometimes the answer to this question has as much to do with us as it does with him. Because when we're faithful and following him, standing in a certain place, looking from a specific angle, the view of him looks one way. But when we're unfaithful and not following him, standing in another place, looking from a different angle, the view looks another. Live long enough and you'll look from so many angles and from so many places, you'll come to realize you're the one who varies. You're the one casting shifting shadows. 
Lamentations 2, written by the weeping prophet Jeremiah, comes in the context of the siege and fall of Jerusalem. After hundreds of years living in covenant with God, Israel is still wandering away from him, disobeying his commands and disregarding his prophets. They have never managed more than a few decades of faithfulness. Their bad kings far outweigh the good. This generation of Israelites put the prophet Jeremiah in a hole until he almost starved. Jeremiah wrote in chapter 1 of Lamentations, Jerusalem has sinned greatly. This God we see in Lamentations, he's the same God we've seen elsewhere in scripture. But these people, this nation, they're no Hagar or Moses or David. God acts differently because Israel acts defiantly. Who is God? To the disobedient and unrelentingly unfaithful, God is angry. To those who reject healing and love, God seems cold. To those who choose to be enemies of God, God is like an enemy. To those who build systems of oppression and injustice, make idols of gold to gods who don't exist, and raise armies to fight when God's called for surrender, God is one who destroys. It is not good to be opposed to God. Even still, turn over a page to Lamentations chapter 3, and you'll find one of the most familiar passages in all of Scripture, a portrait of a God whose compassions never fail. They are new every morning. With Jerusalem destroyed, the temple made rubble, Israel in exile, and everything in ruins, God can't stay angry at Israel. And Jeremiah can't stay angry at God. He writes, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Great is your faithfulness. Jeremiah will say later, For no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. As we read on in the chapter, we see God from a new angle and new place. Jeremiah looks at God from the perspective of the faithful. He says, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Who is God? He's compassionate and merciful. His love is unfailing. He's good to those who hope in him. What do you see when you look at God? If it doesn't look like mercy, perhaps you're standing in the wrong place looking from the wrong angle. As Jeremiah says in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 40, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. Thanks for joining me today at Look to Love. This podcast began as I was writing the book, Look to Love, A Better Way to Read the Bible. So if you're interested in this way of approaching scripture, get yourself a book available right now on Amazon. Most of these episodes are brand new, but this one actually comes from a chapter in the book, Look to Love. And so you can open it up and find what you heard here right in there. Of course, most of this book is not in this podcast is primarily about uh, how to develop a Bible study, a Bible reading habit of looking to see God. And so the reason I do these episodes, the reason I'm walking you through each book of the Bible is just to give you a little bit of experience practicing this uh, as you try to read your Bible with your eyes focused directly on God. 
So uh, again, this chapter is in the book, but there's a whole lot in the book that you have not heard on this podcast. In fact, most of the book you will never hear on this podcast. You can follow me at J.O. Gerhart um, on Instagram or Facebook or subscribe to my free biweekly essay, The Goodness, where I look for the goodness of God in the land of the living. Uh, this week's essay was called Six Lies Overachievers Believe, uh, and it included also six truths we can use to fight those lies. So you want to check that out? That's jlgerhart.substack.com. Do reach out. I would love to know you're listening. Until next time, I hope you'll look to love.